Welcome to the new Hyperallergic Weekly Podcast, Art Movements. We're breaking through your screens and into your ears to give you a weekly dose of news, views, and reviews. This week, we'll be talking to Jennifer A. Lee about how you get an emoji approved. Then we'll ask reporter Zachary Small to talk about the four queer performance festivals going on in New York this month. But first, some headlines. New Yorkers can now use their library cards to reserve free tickets to 33 participating museums across the city. All library cards from the New York, Brooklyn, and Queens public library systems are eligible, and Culture Pass NYC includes an impressive list of art institutions, including the Metropolitan Museum, the Brooklyn Museum, the Whitney, the Intrepid, and even smaller institutions like the Noguchi Museum, Drawing Center, and Sculpture Center. City officials expect to offer 58,000 passes each year. Remember that old adage that those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it? Well, don't tell that to the college board. The nonprofit, which is influential in college admissions across the US, recently decided to begin their AP curriculum or Advanced Placement World History at the year 1450. That date caught the eye of critics who point out that it roughly marks the beginning of European ascendancy around the world. And the fear is it'll promote a more Eurocentric view of the world within US high schools. The current course begins at the year 8000 BCE and continues to the present day. So the initial change would have trimmed 9,500 years. Sarah Bond, writing for Hyperallergic, pointed out that even the Medieval Academy of America, the largest U.S. organization in the field, is concerned with the change because they think it might feed attempts by white supremacists and European nationalists to appropriate medieval history for their own ideological purposes. The group penned an open letter addressed to the college board that reads, We have all seen how misappropriation of medieval history leads to the advancement of dangerous racist narratives. Only education can counter such misuse of history. The college board has reconsidered its decision and now is pushing the date back to the year 1200. But what's clear is huge swaths of history are definitely on the chopping block. Now for a story that you can file under, I can't believe that became a museum. I'm talking about the latest development out of Thailand, where the recent rescue of 12 schoolboys and their coach had everyone glued to the news. Thankfully, all 13 were saved on July 10th after being trapped for 18 days. But now the Thai government has announced plans to create a museum at the site in an effort to boost tourism in the country's north where the cave is located. A government official said at a press conference that the area will become a living museum to show how the operation unfolded. He said he anticipated it'll become another major attraction for the country. I have a question for you. Would you show the work of an artist even if they didn't want you to? That's one of the questions at the heart of the stolen Arab art exhibition in Tel Aviv. Artist Omar Krager, who is no stranger to controversy, has curated an exhibition that includes the work of some of the best known contemporary artists of Arab descent. 
including Walid Rod and Wile Shockey. But the problem is, they were never asked. Krieger knows they probably wouldn't show in Israel anyway. The reaction has been intense. Israeli art magazine Tohu penned an editorial slamming the show, writing, The show Stolen Arab Art that recently opened in Tel Aviv is tainted by exploitation, ignorance, incoherence, and impersonation. They add that it was a patronizing act perpetuated under the guise of enlightenment and dialogue. But writer Hakim Bashar, writing for Hyperallergic, wanted to get the full story, so he spoke to Krieger directly and asked him if he would take down the videos if the artists asked him to. Krieger's answer mentions BDS, the international boycott, divestment, and sanction movement that Palestinian activists have been calling for since 2005 against the state of Israel. He answered, That's right. We want to break the boycott. Real theft is usually something people want to hide. Here, we have it in our title. This is a performance rather than a theft. We want to get the visitors in trouble to participate in the theft. I hope that the artists will appreciate the sophistication of this action, and they will understand its purpose and create contact with us. I'm sure they have enough sense of humor to understand what we tried to do. Somehow, I don't think the artists are laughing. Ever wonder why the emoji calendar on your smartphone says July 17? That's the day in 2002 when Apple announced iCal for Mac. Now you know. Facebook and Twitter use other dates specific to their own companies, but July 17 has stuck, and now it marks World Emoji Day. Last weekend was the annual EmojiCon, and I was an emoji spelling bee judge. Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. And I caught up with Jennifer A. Lee, one of the organizers of the event, and a renowned journalist and author of the Fortune Cookie Chronicles and producer of the excellent The Search for General Tso's documentary that came out in 2014. She knows more about emoji than almost anyone else. And her quest started with something simple, a dumpling. She asked herself, why isn't there a dumpling emoji? So I invited her to Hyperallergic Studios to learn more. So this all started in August of 2015 when I was texting with my friend and designer named Ying Lu, who is uh, famed for doing the Twitter fail well. And we were texting about dumplings. And, um, you know, I texted her a photo of dumplings. She texted me back like, ooh, yum, 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 knife and fork, knife and fork, knife and fork. And then suddenly, stop. She's like, oh, Apple has no dumpling emoji. And I was like, oh, that's really strange. Most people would have probably left it at that. Jennifer had another idea. She ended up joining the Emoji Consortium and, well, she showed up to their meetings. And then, you know, I was like, huh, like, oh, I, and so I just Googled. I was like, where do emoji come from? Or I forget what I was, but essentially like how, how emoji, you know, like, and, and you land on the page for the Unicode Consortium that's like explains the proposal process and, you know, the, you know, what goes into it and what they don't like. So you showed up and you were like, where's my dumpling? Is that, is I that what no, you no, said? No, 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 no. I, I definitely like laid low for the first okay, meeting. For okay, the first, okay, okay. I, was, I just wanted to observe. And, and you know, at that time, it was the meeting where they were um, deciding um, milk. And that was interesting because is it a glass of milk? 
is it a, a container of milk? Is right. it a carton of milk? The car- carton of milk is very American. Yeah. So it's not going to be carton of milk. Specific. Right, very culture yeah. specific. So you got into this big debate about in milk. In Canada, we'd have it in bags. Oh, weird. Yeah, right? it's really weird. So really, really specific. Then there was like pancake. Is it pancake or pancakes? If you had just one pancake, it could be like... Um, Oh, right. Uh, it could be a, a lot crate. of things. It could be That's so right. many different it things. It could be so many things. And then, but if you stack it and then you put butter, super American, right? Right. So it was a very specific choice. I now, knowing what I know, think it was the wrong choice. I think, oh, yeah. what would you have done differently? I think I would have done a single one. It would have done like flatbread like. So it could be dosa. It can be. Injera, oh, right. So, pancake, so that's one of the things crepes. about these emojis. It's like you need to like think about the possibilities of it being used many ways. Yes. Or, or yes, having it open. Yeah. So okay. one of the interesting ones that um, recently came was like uh, someone really wanted yoga. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, there was all kinds of ways, like downward dog, like how do you do yoga? Yeah, right. So we decided to go with like basically sort of like a quasi lotus position of the fingers um, on the knees. And that can also mean meditate. Oh, and right. so um, That's sort useful. of the early use of the character on Twitter shows the idea is like someone's like super upset, super, super, super upset. And they're like, calm down. And so then they show the meditation emoji. Right. So that, that's a good use of yeah, emoji. Yeah, that's a, so that's, that's okay. part, partially it. So let's get back to the dumpling. Okay. Dumpling. So now you're attending these meetings. You, you know that the dumpling emoji is needed in the world. Yes. And so now what's the next step? What did you do? Fill out a form? Yeah, you have a proposal. Um, and then the nice thing about going to that meeting for the first time is we saw that um, what the proposals were like. Mm-hmm. Also nuts. There was a big controversy over nuts because like what kind of... No, no, sorry. It wasn't nuts. And also, the, the, the controversy was not over nuts because Peanut wrote a proposal. Yeah, you just like, it's like writing a very detailed high school lab report, you know, and, and it's gotten, the, the proposal has gotten more complicated since I did it in okay. 2016. Okay. So, so what, how, how long is the average uh, proposal now? Is it like, like 5,000 pages? Six to oh, eight six to eight pages. Okay. Six to eight pages, but a lot of it's images. Okay. I would say it takes like a good, like, solid four to six hours of work if you know what you're doing right and if you don't know what you're doing it's going to take a lot longer so now the votes are the votes on this consortium are they almost all american i mean how who are the people voting like to make these things yeah. happen uh so the key thing to realize is in the end most of the time there is no vote vote mm-hmm. it's mostly done by consensus so it has a little bit of vibe of the senate which is that if like someone really strenuously objects they can hold everything up <laughs> um and so what you have is um, a bunch of people, some of whom don't even ha- like work for the original organizations that brought them to mm-hmm. so they retired. So you have a mix of linguists and engineers. Mm-hmm. And while the companies are dominated by U.S. multinational tech companies, the individuals may have come from different places. So there's one guy who is Persian. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore had a very strong opinion on falafel when we tried to push the falafel emoji <laughs> through. Um, you know, obviously I'm Chinese American, but you know, a, a lot of them are older, whiter folks. Got it. <laughs> older, but like, gotcha. but very nice. Uh, and and trying to do the right thing by the world, given how how um, global emoji are. Right. And so you have these discussions, and like you know, like. Falafel, I will say, was like not a smooth ride. It was like Why? three Because ball- like they're hard to describe pictorially, in a uh, way, right? So right. is it do you do one ball? It just looks like right. a little dung. You know, three balls, five balls. Like they look like little dung. Right. How balls. do you show what is the right? universal falafel yeah. sign? Then if you cut it open, it looks green on the inside, so it looks like a kiwi, right? Oh, so right. you have to feed tahini. It's really hard actually. So we yeah. we probably did eight versions of the falafel emoji trying to find something that would like get over everyone's objections. 
Um, you know, and it worked. Uh, yes, it, it. I mean, some last minute maneuvering. I mean, there was some like parliamentary style proceduring <laughs> on the emoji <laughs> level going on there. Okay, let's get back to your dumpling though. Yeah. So then you we have wrote, this issue. You how you wrote up the proposal. Yes, yeah, so it's a very good proposal. Now next. Next, you submit it okay. into a subcommittee. Okay. And I, at that point, it sort of emoji my, subcommittee. The Unicode emoji subcommittee. Okay. I had sort of gotten into the subcommittee. Um, and then you discuss it. So not only was there dumpling, but there was takeout box, fortune cookie, and chopsticks. These right. are all four of them. And I have to say, I don't think fortune cookie would have gotten in on its own merits, but riding the coattails of the other three characters that sort Ooh, of slid in there. So there's a little bit of politics involved <laughs> yes, here. Yes, Like sort of context. Bit. There's, yes, like like doing a whole slate is sometimes better than like pushing just one. So it's, it's true, it's, yeah. right. So like I you're, see why. we're trying to deal this entire area, like health and hygiene. Right. You know, so we're doing like blood drop and... Um, and uh, Band-Aid and let's think, what else? Crutches maybe or yeah, something. Yeah, not up to crutches yet. So Band-Aid, but, but yes, that's on the wish list. Some, no one sort of attacked it. Um, Band-Aid and stethoscope and okay. blood drop. So was there any um, pushback for dumpling? No, actually it was a very, I think there was some discussion of like, well, what about samosa? Like, how would you, like, if you do dumpling, then there's no samosa. Right. And then there was also a discussion about what shape of dumpling, because they're, like, right. basically different shapes. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. the round ones, and there are the crescent-shaped ones, and there's sort of the wing-twin ones. And you really can only do one. So we chose the crescent-shaped one, because we felt like you could also deal with empanada and pierogi, as well as gyoza and momo, you know, Got it. certain so, kinds of momos. So, but apple, or who, someone doesn't use the crescent yes. dumpling. What's, so, what's up with that? So um, of the different companies, most of them, you know, follow the guidance image, which is the crescent shape. So Google, Twitter, um, Apple, all Microsoft all have sort of a crescent thing. But Facebook very oddly uses the round one, which is like soup dumpling style. And I think that's wrong. I mean, because specifically in the when we did a proposal, it gives as alternative words empanada and pierogi, and that's so someone was that. really like, "Look, that's my favorite dumpling." I don't know. Yeah, I somebody's somebody at Facebook has is a like, strong opinion, and they went for the soup dumpling, or just doesn't know what an empanada looks like, or yeah, just didn't care. I mean, there are a lot of Asian Americans that work at Facebook, a lot of Asian Americans that work in design. So I bet you it is some, you know, Shalongbao soup dumpling loving designer that went rogue. So I, I, did you feel vindicated when that vote came through and you got your got the emoji? Yeah, I felt passed. like I wasn't even vindicated. I felt like I could like drop the mic, like billions of keyboards impacted, right? It's a little, little bit of impact, but across billions, like I've left my mark on this world and I could like move on. And then <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Retire. 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 I felt like I was done. Like I have left a meaningful kind of event on the dumpling historical timeline you right. know like made into emoji like you know on the phone 2016 2017 that is our group okay so now most exciting emoji on the horizon um what do you think what's going to be the um, one that's going to blow our minds or change our conversations one. i think so we worked really hard to get the blood drop emoji which um basically came from a big push around menstruation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have proposed bloody underwear as emoji, which is like terrible for so many different reasons. Right. Um, and so we got separately underwear and blood drop. So for now for menstruation, you can do moon and blood drop, you can do underwear and blood drop. There are a lot of ways. Before my friends were like finding creative ways, like the right. Japanese flag, for example. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So now, so now they have the way. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, <laughs> Jennifer. I appreciate Thank your time. You. I appreciate it. And that's the story of how the emoji dumpling came into being. Thanks to Jennifer 8 Lee for sharing her story. 
You may have also realized that during World Emoji Day this year, Apple announced 70 new emojis will be joining our screens, including the softball emoji, a peacock, a kangaroo, a ball of yarn, and the evil eye. June has become the de facto gay and queer history month in the United States, but July appears to be the queer performance month in New York. So I invited hyperallergic staff writer Zachary Small, who is a queer performance aficionado, to tell us about the festivals this month. Hi, Zachary. Yes, now's the time where all of New York City's downtown theater experts are coming together, working through this month-long heat wave and trying to create some awesome theater downtown. So, and you've been part of the theater scene for a few years now. Yeah. And so how important is this month for queer performing artists? This is really the month for queer performing artists. This is the month where all of the queer theater festivals are happening. This is really the only month where they happen. And why is it not on in June? Can you, I mean, that's usually like gay, you know, history month, LGBTQ history month. I think this is maybe the resolution to the climax that is June of everyone partying. So this is the time where everyone comes together and then creates right after the party. Got it. Oh, that's nice. I like that. So what should we be seeing? So right now there are a couple of choices. One of the biggest and longest running is Dixon Place's Hot Fest or Hot Festival, which is in its, I believe, 27th iteration. Yeah, I mean, uh, they call themselves the longest running annual LGBTQ festival in the world. That's a pretty big honor. Right, and this year you can check out many diverse inclusions. There's Cruisical the Musical, which is a tropical lesbian vacation. There's also something called Kinktasia, which is built to be a Disney for adults, which you can, you know, imagine what that could be. Yeah, totally. And so then there's also the Corkscrew Theater Festival. Right. So now that now tell us a little bit about that because I hadn't heard of that festival. Right. So Corkscrew Theater Festival is really new. It's in its second year. And it has a variety of wacky, existential, and really fantastical productions going on. Uh, Corkscrew began as a response to mismanagement of New York's now deceased Fringe Theater Festival. It aims to give early career theater makers a feasible and also financial chance of producing their work. Mm -hmm. For most early career theater makers, a production is going to cost anywhere from $3,000 to $5,000 right. at least to put on. So there's a lot of crowdsourcing happening. It's really hard to make theater in the city. So this is the place to go to see like people getting their feet wet in theater. Yeah, this is really the place to go to see people starting their careers, starting to build communities as well. If you go to enough of these, you'll start seeing the same people pop up right. in different productions, but also forming these groups that will go on to, who knows, produce something off-Broadway or on-Broadway. And it's impressive. This year, it's almost all female or trans-identified artists. Is that correct? That is correct. There is one resident man on a production team, but other than that, it's all women and all trans people running the show, which is super exciting, That's super great. rare, even for all of the other theater festivals happening this month. That's amazing. So now now tell me, there's also Fresh Fruits Festival. What should people know about that one? Fresh Fruits Festival has been going on for a while now. Uh, it runs through July 22nd and it's at the Wild Project in East Village. This is one that's probably a little bit more traditional. You're going to see a lot of coming out stories, a lot of 
plays of that nature, but it's still really interesting. And every year there's something that surprises me there. And now there's a fourth festival. I mean, right. I can't believe four festivals at the same time. And there trans, used to be more. There used to be more. Yeah. So Trans Theater Festival. Yeah, so Trans Theater Festival is a relatively new festival at the Brick Theater in Williamsburg. It also goes through July 22nd. Uh, there's not a lot of information easily found about what they're putting on this right. year. It is happening, though. Um, and it's, again, an exclusive opportunity for trans theater makers to go and show their voice. Again, super rare opportunity. And Brick Theater is a great organization to support. You have to go to Dixon Place. It's a tradition. I'm a little biased because I've shown work at Dixon Place the last two summers. This summer, I'm not. But you're always going to see something super strange and offbeat. Also, tickets are super cheap for all of these. So there's no excuse not to see even more than two things. So now you wrote about this for the event pick last Friday. And uh, those of you who don't know, our New York and L.A. event newsletters go out every Wednesday. So subscribe to those and you can do that at hyperallergic.com backslash newsletter. I'm Rog Vartanian, the co-founder and editor-chief of Hyperallergic. Thanks for listening to our inaugural edition of Art Movements. See you next time.